Hello everyone! Welcome back to the Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training Podcast. We are your host, I am Masa. Hi everybody, and I'm Sean. We hope that you are cuddled up with your animal companions and ready for this exciting episode. Before we start today, we have a lot of news to share with you. Since our last episode, we secured over 200 interviews conducted by Marion and Bob Bailey. And we have raised over $4,000 to help digitize and preserve these interviews. And we want to say big thank you for those of you who already donated and shared this project. However, we still need more support. So please visit GoFundMe link that we will put on our description and donate if you can so we can all preserve and delight in the history of our field. We have already started the process of digitizing and we are about ready to release the Israel Gold Diamonds Bailey interview on our YouTube channel, Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training. You will also be able to find it on our newly launched website and our Patreon website. This leads me to our next big announcement. We launched our own website, caut.com, C A A W T.com. You can find all of our updates from podcasts to conference, webinars, and all of our we- other services. You can also find instructional videos and other educational materials related to construction approach and its many applications to animal welfare and training. Last but not least, we want to make a big shout out to our first two Patreons on our Cout Podcast sponsor tier, Jeff Grip and Chase Owens. Thank you both of you for becoming members on our sponsor tier. This will go a long way in ensuring that we are able to keep bringing everyone the information that they desire. And we hope that you will enjoy all the new materials that's coming your way. We have lots of special episodes being released soon, including the Israel Gold Diamond's Bailey interview and the biography of Israel Gold Diamond on our On the Shoulders of Giant series. So please go visit the GoFundMe, check our new website and Patreon page. We hope to see you all there so we can continue to grow our community and ensure that we are providing the best information to meet you and your animal companions' needs. So now let's begin our show for today. In today's episode, we will explore the topic of loose leash walking using our new companion, Chew, as an example to walk us through loose leash walking. So, Sean, would you like to start us off today? Yeah. So, our topic today is going to be leash walking. Mm hmm. And,、um, you know, this is a tricky, a tricky thing because sometimes it can be much more difficult than other times.、Um, you know, sometimes when we take our dogs outside to go on walks, you know, sometimes just the sheer excitement of being outside and, and seeing the things and hearing the things and smelling the things、mm-hmm. can make it a real uphill battle, you know, when you've got a real excitable dog to teach them the steps to walking next to you nicely. Right. And Chew happens to be that kind of dog. He just gets so excited with sniffing, looking at the lizard, and even leaves and blowing across the sidewalk. The, yeah, even, even the leaves that's blue by the, wind, by the wind. Yeah. And then the people, of course. He's just too excited to just want to get so close in like a minute right now. Yeah and, yeah. and in these situations, it seems like there's almost you know, no window 
to begin shaping the kind of behavior that you want. Um, right. Mm-hmm. You know, when, as soon as we open up our front door, as a matter of fact, it seems like there is no just taking a step forward. He's, you know, she was 100%, you know, bolting to the end of that leash. Right. Mm-hmm. And that gets to be, you know, really dangerous for us. We yeah. actually live on a second floor. And so we have to walk downstairs. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that we're really managing, you know, chew to make right. sure that we're not getting pulled down the stairs. Right. And I'm sure for some people that that could actually be impossible to really control this situation and make that safe. Right, right. And even you one day. Yeah, there was one day where I was enjoying walk with you. And then I think he saw a dog that was kind of coming from Mm -hmm. the corner. I didn't see it. And... On that second, I found myself on the ground looking up the skies and try to hold off, hold on to that leash so that he doesn't run away yeah. and yeah. then get to that dog. So, yeah. And, and not only is it, you know, a, a big problem just in and of itself, you know, dealing with the pulling, but we, I want to keep in mind for everybody that it's really not good to have these behaviors going on for a long period of time, especially if you don't have the dog on a harness. You know, a dog that pulls and is wearing a collar around their neck or wearing, um, like at most animal shelters, they have those, uh, those like slip leashes. Yeah. Yeah. Those can be really damaging on a dog's throat. I want everyone to keep that in mind that if you've got a dog that's pulling, keeping them on a, on a collar is maybe not the best thing. Cause even if they're not showing pain in that moment, sometimes when they're older, that damage, you know, on the windpipe can really start to set in and older dogs can start to develop problems with swallowing and, and other things like that. So, you know, please uh, keep an eye on the equipment you're using if you find yourself with a dog that's very, very pulley on a leash. Right, right, right. And then we don't want to use that, what's that called, that leash? That retro- retractable? Oh, the retractable? Retractable leash. Mm-hmm. We, we have six, six feet Leash, right? Yeah, we use a standard six-foot leash. We usually use, um, we're using a leather one right now. I I always encourage people to to try and select a a material, especially if you've got a dog that likes to bite the leash. Mm. You know, a a material that can take a couple of good bites. Sometimes those nylon leashes, like dogs can chew right through them. But then you mentioned a second ago retractable leashes, and, and those things are like my worst nightmare. Um, you know, one first big problem is, is that if your dog starts to pull and, you know, and you're not paying attention to what's going on, they're going to be able to get to the end of that line, yeah. you know, before mm-hmm. you stop. And at that point, whenever they do reach the end, you know, you, you're facing a couple of potentially bad situations. The first one is, is that you retain control over your end of the leash. And when they get to the end of it, it, they'll be running full steam and they'll get jerked backwards. Oh. Um, I I know people who were using those, and um, one fella that I know he had a he had an older Chihuahua that got to the end of it, and when they got to the end of the leash, it stopped and snapped them backwards, and when it did, it actually broke their collarbone. So wow. those there can be damage on that end when the dog's running so fast and then abruptly stops. It's basically like a car accident for oh. them. But then the other bad one is that sometimes when they reach the end, we don't have a solid grip. And then, bam, you've got a dog that's full speed, you know, flying down the road. Right. And so we want to be careful. You know, those retractable leashes are really difficult to control and use right. 
And then also like here in Florida, it's really hot and we're wearing shorts a lot. Yeah. And if a dog like runs around your side with that little tiny black, uh-huh. you know, mat- cord that it's got, <laughs> it'll like burn a hole right into your leg. It's, yeah. it's, it's painful. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. beware of those leashes. I always just recommend a standard six foot leash. And the harness. Yeah. And a harness. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, coming back real quick to Chew, um, I want to talk a little bit more also about the the problem that can come up when we have a dog that can be so, I'm going to say reactive, but I don't mean reactive at all and the aggressive. Mm, No, I don't think he's right. Um, I'm talking about reactive as far as just he sees it and he wants to play with it and be on it and be right there with it. Yep, 100%. Um, And, you know, the difficulties that come along with that, you know, one we actually faced over this holiday season. And when we have a dog that can be so excited and uncontrollable when they meet other people, meet other dogs, it can, or other animals or moving objects, (laughs) (laughs) um, it can be really difficult to actually plan how you're going to travel to see people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were talking about actually taking a couple of COVID tests before we were going to leave Florida so that we could drive back to Texas and quarantine ourselves there for a couple of weeks before having the opportunity to maybe be near some of our family that we really want to see. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, thinking about the logistics of just where we're going to stay and where we can safely be with our dogs, um, it, it becomes a little bit of a problem when we can't rely on them to be calm and quiet and, and collected. Right. And so, you know, it the problem goes beyond you know, just the leash walk in these instances, it actually goes into these other situations of how we encounter things in our environment, especially new things that we're not planning on. And so you can see how, you know, when we're dealing with these kinds of problems, it can really make things unpleasant and really exhausting. And, you know, ideally what we want is to be able to go out and enjoy the scene, you know, enjoy the outside with our dogs and experience these wonderful new things together. Right. And um, it reminds me of, you know, when I actually drove across the country to visit some good friends of mine up at Morningside Academy in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I had to drive, you know, from North Texas all the way up to Seattle and as you know, you know, you and I, we don't go places without our dogs. No. Nope. So it's not like <laughs> hopping on a plane and flying to Seattle was an option at this time. Yeah. So, you know, I got in my car with Peepers and Peepers was the only dog I had at the uh-huh, time uh-huh. and drove to Seattle and it was me and him by ourselves just hitting the road. And it was great because as we would drive, we would stop and walk around and we would, you know, take selfies <laughs> in front of the mountains and yes. post it on social media. Yeah. And, he got to meet all sorts of new people. And mm-hmm. then you met up with us. Actually, you came back from Japan uh-huh. and met up with us when we had got to Seattle. I enjoyed having peepers and exploring new city. And that's my first time visiting Seattle. That's right. So it's like we went to the market uh, together with peepers. Mm-hmm. And Peeper would stay with me, saying hi to people, you know, smiling at people. And he, like, he draws pe- draw people. And that, yeah, it was fun. He connected yeah. people. Yeah, you know? he does. He, he goes on. That's the other wonderful thing is that he really enjoys the scenery on the same way that 
you or I or another person might. He's looking at the people and enjoying the smells and the sounds. And Mm -hmm. he actually, you know, even got us some some hookups in in hotels when we were making reservations. That's right. Yeah, we we booked this hotel in downtown. And I went inside with peepers to check in. And they said, that okay, you're with dogs. And then peeper was smiling at them. And they looked at the size of our room. And they said, you can't stay. Your dog cannot be in this small size. We have to upgrade you to a better room with a better you know spacious room. we ended up getting a suite yeah, yeah with an peepers, office and peepers enjoy <laughs> so much <laughs> he did and that was that's the fun thing you know is, and that's really what our ideal is that we should be aiming for in these outcomes and when we think about leash walking mm-hmm. and encountering things we should be thinking about how we want them to do it and when we can make sure that we've trained them to you know, appropriately respond to these situations and new things that happen, it can really make our lives together much more easier and also dramatically increase the quality of their life. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure Peeper's getting that experience, you know, going all the way up there to the mountains and hiking with us and meeting all these people is a dramatically better quality of life than if we were to have just, you know, left him somewhere mm-hmm. with a dog sitter or in a right. dog hotel somewhere. Yeah. You know, he, I'm sure got a lot more, you know, life experience coming out with us and getting to, you know, enjoy these things with us. I agree. Totally agree. And and so coming back to, you know, what, what we're really wanting to focus on today in our leash walking, we, you know, want to actually talk about what leash walking is. And for you and I, we maybe have a slightly different, you know, maybe the same as some other people. But when we think of leash walking, we're not necessarily thinking about the, you know, walking right next to you on your left hand side and the heel position. You know, we're not really thinking about that, you know, staring up at us Mm, the whole time when we're walking. You and I have a very loose definition for loose leash walking (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's really that you know our dogs are free to explore you know everything around us as long as they're not dragging us down or pulling us they can be in front they can be behind they can be on the left they can be on the right they can be looking at whatever they want to look at and they can even ask to go in a direction but um what our criteria is is that they're just walking with us and not pulling on that leash right and you used to quote this on Kay Lawrence, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And Kay Lawrence talks about that a lot about, you know, if a dog is, you know, wanting to go sniff something and you can tell, you know, you can go ahead and, and you should probably let them go check it right. out is, is kind of her stance. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not always needing to be in such a hurry. And right. just like if a child of ours, you know, wanted to check out a tree over here, you know, we wouldn't just jerk them back with mm-hmm. us and you know, let's keep walking. Yeah, we would. OK, let's go check it out for a minute. And we would look together and then move on. I love that. And yeah, that's kind of what you and I always aim to do with peepers is if he wants to sniff a bush, we'll let him sniff it. Right. And, you know, come on, buddy, let's go. Mm-hmm. And then we keep going together. Mm-hmm. And and so thinking about that, you know, as our goal, we just want our dogs to be hanging out with us and to know how to ask for and to receive affection from people and other animals that are coming by. And that is where actually constructional affection comes in. But I want to start talking about how we actually train these loose leash walking behaviors, how we get the dog in the first place mm-hmm. just to walk next to us. And this is actually a really important thing, especially for those of us that might even have, you know, dreams of of jogging and running with their dog. You know, if we shape up these, you know, loose leash behaviors where they're walking next to us, not pulling us down, 
then we really don't need to actually establish these other cues to like leave something or to stay with us or to, you know, ignore something. Um, you know, those cues actually come out of, you know, not really having these behaviors fluent in our dog's repertoire of handling being outside together. And so if we can establish this loose leash walking really fluently with our dogs, we can actually, you know, expect them when we're running and increasing the speed and seeing these other things still that they're going to behave in the same manner, which is hanging out with us. So this brings us to how we are going to get there from a dog like Chew to a dog like Peepers. Right. Yeah. And then we are using a construction approach and we build behaviors. And the first thing that we need to figure out is the starting point. Yeah, and that's a really a really interesting point too because this gets us to one of the big differences between a constructional approach and other approaches out there. And a critical feature that we always focus on is finding the control rather than establishing the control. Mm-hmm. Right. So in and when we're establishing the control, we try to you know, train up things like having them, you know, get like focus on me kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go outside and we'll give them a reward for giving us eye contact and focusing on us. So we're going outside and establishing control in that manner. And in the constructional approach, we want to actually find where the control already is, right? where that behavior is already occurring, and then to bring that to these other situations where we need them. Right, right. Yeah, what entry repertoire that Chew is already doing mm-hmm. that we can use and build from. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. What is the entry relevant repertoire? Right, right. That's the exact the words from Easy, Israel Gold Diamond. <laughs> Current relevant repertoire. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. and you and I actually talked about Chew's actually. And and often this is this is a common case with a lot of people that are dealing with this kind of a situation that it almost seems like there is no starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We um, we actually didn't mention this part to, to the audience yet, but um, a funny thing happens whenever you or I actually go oh, yeah. <laughs> to where the hooks are for choose equipment. What does he do? He looks for a lizard in the house. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you go over to the equipment, He's already actually like searching for something to start chasing and fixating. Yeah, and on. he the the excite level is gradually building up as we approach the harness <laughs> and the leash, and then yeah, when by the time, by the time my hands are on the doorknob, do, do you notice his paw is starting to kicking? Yeah, and he's like ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, and then when I open the door, it's like yay! He's yeah. scooting like a bull. <laughs> yeah, <You> know, like, <laughs> scooting his, his his front hoof. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's not a great place to start, right? Right, so we need to find where it is. Yeah. And in our situation, you know, obviously, you know, we had to train a component behavior of, of, you know, putting on his harness. But as far as loose leash walking goes, you know, the relevant entry repertoire that you and I needed to start with is actually he can wear it and and walk around the apartment, Mm -hmm. you know, relatively fine, right? Right, right. And so that's our first step, you know, that's his his first, you know, entry relevant repertoire towards, you know, walking around outside with us on leash is being able to do it inside and, you know, going by the windows and, mm-hmm. and seeing the squirrels and the things out there moving, but, you know, staying calm with you on leash. And we've actually got a, a 
kind of big um really great patio yeah yeah balcony right? balcony and mm -hmm. you know we were actually really close to like where the sw swimming pool area is that's right. actually a great place to have him being on leash next to us you know seeing other people mm -hmm. and keeping his cool right. so to say right and um you know if if we obviously you know weren't in a pandemic situation mm -hmm. you know we would be inviting friends over and maybe friends with dogs and practicing greeting on leash and stuff and walking around together inside the house and maybe meeting us outside our door, you know, in our walkway and then encountering them in the parking lot and shaping it up like that, you know, a step at a time, just a little bit at a time. And the the interesting thing here is that, you know, we, we don't always, you know, have a need like in this situation to focus on extending the duration of the behavior. Mm -hmm. Like you might often mm -hmm. see in a lot of training situations, it might be durationally focused and then to see if it generalizes to these other new situations. And in our approach, we're actually actively shaping the situations themselves and shaping from one set of stimuli to this new one that's actually outside. And we're using Ideally, the reinforcer that is, you know, important to the dog, which right? it's going to the where they wherever they want to go and sleep wherever they want, as long as that's safe. Right. Right. No, no, that's <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. And, yeah. And, you know, thinking about what, what we do with Chew, and this is also something that, you know, maybe not everyone is, is thinking about when going out on a walk. Like we sometimes kind of have like our direction that we want to go. Like we want to walk, yes, you know, yeah, uh -huh. down the street this uh -huh, way. Uh -huh. And and we don't actually do that with our dogs. Right. And we might look kind of crazy, you know, to <laughs> going you know, right, people. left, come yeah. back, forward. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, that's the general idea right, right there is that right. we actually move in whatever direction it is in that moment that, that the dog wants to go mm -hmm, into. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this actually is a, is a really neat process to watch unfold. And if any of you guys out there want to join us on our journey of actually watching how we are training Chew, we're going to be posting the videos of these different segments on our Patreon page. That's right. So make sure to go visit us on patreon.com slash count and you can uh, join us on our, on right. our journey training Chew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sean. So this is a great program, but... Things don't go as we plan, you know, smoothly. And I have a, a question, which is, what should we do when we find ourselves in a brand new situation, like a kid, like, like all of a sudden come into chill and she really started to get to this old behavior of getting right. jumpy and then, you know, I'm going to maybe be knocked by him. What do you do? <laughs> Yeah, um, you know that that's the the great question that everybody out here actually needs to hear. Mm. And you know when our dogs do this, um, and, and I'd like to go ahead and, and throw out there that you know for you and I, you know these <laughs> situations is like it's like every situation because <laughs> we're in pandemic world and and we never got to do this great step of you know shaping things up in the house. So you and I are going outside and we're just kind of taking what the world throws at us and, and doing our best, right. which, you know, is sometimes better times than others. Yeah. <laughs> but um, answering that question puts us in a much better position to, to be effective and still be successful when we're going outside. So, um, you know, coming back to Chew is our example. So, you know, we take Chew outside and, and often, you know, when we go out there, 
he might see, um, you, you mentioned a kid on a bicycle. Um, other times that is pretty reliable still is when, um, when he sees another person uh, with another dog, with another dog, right? Cause he just wants to go play with them. And like you said, the old behaviors, they come right back and they come right back really quickly. And all of what he's doing is he just wants to get to that dog and play. Yeah. yeah he'll, right? he'll, he'll whine and cry. He might bark a little bit. He'll even sit and whine. Right. And, <laughs> and then, yep. He just wants so to play. He, he'll throw just about everything out there that he's got to try and get close to that dog. Um, but, you know, so what we want to do, you know, in those moments, we don't want to actually use extinction. So, you know, just stopping is maybe not the best thing that, that we can do in those moments. And, you know, our plan, you know, to, to minimize, you know, that kind of an experience, what we like to do is, you know, we, we try and be very observant of, you know, the environment around us. And we look for those things coming up that, you know, we know can be likely, you know, things that are going to get you really excited. Mm-hmm. And whenever I notice that he's starting to look on something and you'll see him his little cute ears will actually perk up like so little horns clear. on his head <laughs> and his, his forehead gets super A wrinkly. Little wrinkly. <laughs> yeah, cute. Um, as soon as I start to notice that, I'll start to get his attention. I'll be like, you ready to let's go this way. And I'll start running with him in a little bit of a, of a direction going wide around these things. And I do that to just kind of get away from that moment long enough that, you know, we can keep doing our walk and doing our thing. And then you and I, you know, we just need to make a note that these are things that we need to actually work on. And we need to find ways to contrive the situation where we can actually build in some of that control and shape to these natural contingencies where we're just walking by these objects or these, these other people or animals. Exactly. This marks the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you enjoyed listening. We really have so much more to say on this topic, so please go visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash C-A-A-W-T so that you can watch some of the videos of training Chu to be perfect little walking body. And while you are there, you can also suggest topic for our future show. And please go visit the GoFundMe page and help us get these interviews digitalized to make them available for everyone for free. Lastly, please go visit our new website and enjoy all the wonderful information there. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast or share it with your friend. Feel free to get more information or reach out to us on Facebook, Constructional Approach to Animal Welfare and Training, or email us at caawtcontact at gmail.com and feel free to reach out to those places if you're interested in joining one of our group classes or private lessons that we are now offering remotely our next episode is going to be a fantastic one after Sean's uh, ATA presentation we got lots of messages about conjugate reinforcement and so our next topic will be on conjugate reinforcement and the implications of using this approach. Thank you so much today. We are your host. I am Masa. And I am Sean. Have a wonderful day with your amazing animal companions. <laughs>